Welcome back to Inside the Nest, the official podcast of Kennesaw State Athletics. I'm your host, Nolan Alexander. It was a big weekend for Kennesaw State football. The Owls were able to kick off the spring season with a 35-3 win at home against Shorter. A big theme around the game in speaking with Coach Bo, Coach Verpale, and the players as well is while it was fun to get out there and get a victory, that's not the finished product. And in some ways, it really didn't meet up to the gold standard that Kennesaw State has for itself on the gridiron. So we discussed that topic in length today, starting out with Brandon's on the ball with Brandon Joseph and Brandon Sutton. Jordan Griffith gives you the Big South Blitz. Brandon Joseph talks with former Shorter Hawk and current Owl Kareem Taylor, who had a career day against his former school. And we wrap it up in my conversation with Coach Verpale. Inside the Nest, as always, is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank, the official bank of Kennesaw State Athletics. This is fandom of Fifth Third Better. Visit 53.com for more information. So let's kick it off with Brandon's on the ball on Inside the Nest. We're just two Brandons on the ball, and we're inside the nest. Brandon Joseph back with Brandon Sutton, former offensive lineman for the Kennesaw State Owls. And Brandon, 35-3, the Owls 1-0 on the season. What was your first impression of Kennesaw State's 2021 spring team? Uh, I really liked what I saw. Um, sure, sure, the Owls, they came out a little slow, but that was to be expected. Haven't played in over 400 days. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing you can do about that. But after a uh, knock some of the rust off, and finally started to get a hold of the ball. Things started to churn, started to see that offense we all love and know. You know, this was a shorter team that came out in their first drive, held the ball for 12 minutes in the first quarter. The Owls get a stop to hold them to three points. You know, you know, you like when the defense comes out on first because they're able to set the tone in the game, but I, I was in the booth. We were a little worried a little bit after that first drive because shorter basically did to Kennesaw State what Kennesaw State does to every other team that they play. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Like, literally, like, that's what our offense is known for. Eating clock, eating clock. And when we come out of that first drive, uh, the defense is just like, okay, wait. Thor playing shorter, not not ourselves. But so it, it just took us, took the D a little bit. And that first drive, I, I want to say, um, just just trying to get in rhythm. Like, you haven't hit against another team in who knows how long. And, like, just getting getting back into rhythm of things. And, like, once, like, you saw after that, we – there wasn't really much going on for the shorter offense after those first couple drives. Yeah, drive three through 11 for shorter. They ended up a net of negative yards. I believe it was like negative one or two for shorter during that period of time. And the defense really found its form. And I think, you know, Coach V, you know, first game as defensive coordinator, those are the type of things you want to see, the growth of the defense throughout a game. And he was really able to put the mark on the game where Kareem Taylor, two fumble recoveries, former shorter Hawk. I uh, got a chance to talk to him. You'll hear that inside the nest in just a little bit as well. Just the way the defense was flying around during that period, shorter could do nothing. Oh yeah, dude. I, I, you'd love to see it. Like literally after the first couple drives got finished up, the defense came together. There's like, okay, we got to make some, make some checks, make some, uh, make some uh, fixes. And like literally after those things were made, you just saw everybody was coming together. Uh, the back end was holding everything down, even though they were trying to pass the ball, they were trying to keep the run going. Like the defense was getting in there. Uh, Peyton Moore getting in there for a couple sacks. Uh, Kareem Taylor getting in there, getting the ball, just like you said. And uh, it was really, really great showing out of the defense. 
And it was a weird thing. Into that first drive, they knocked the starting quarterback, Aeneas Dennis, out of the game. He doesn't return. Harold Cook comes in more of a true pocket drop back style passing quarterback. But if you take a look at his average completion, I believe I have his stats in front of me. He went 18 of 24. Great percentage if you're looking at that but only 79 yards. So that back end, they really didn't allow, and that starts defensive backs did a great job of covering. But as you mentioned, Peyton Moore and the guys up front doing a great job of getting home. Oh, yeah. Those guys getting back there made it so much easier for them on the back end. Because even though, like, coming out of that first drive, you see the starting quarterback goes down, you think, okay, that's some of those things going to start slowing down and uh, whatnot. And then you have the the freshman come in, uh, Harold Cook, and he's trying to sling the ball. He's trying to make plays, get things rolling. Like he went 18 to 24. Uh, I think they knocked the ball out of, uh, knocked, got the ball away from him, I think two or three times. And like literally have, had, not, had, not, had it not been that D line and the secondary holding things so tight, who knows what could happen for that offense. Yeah, absolutely. I think the final score, and I think Coach Bohannon made this very clear in all the things that I've seen and heard from after the game. The final score was not indicative of the game as a whole, you know, as a coach, he's not going to be happy about everything. He's not going to be happy about a lot. His job is to find the little things until you play that all-elusive, perfect game. But, you know, there's a lot to take away and a lot of growth from this team. And I think the players will be honest and look at themselves and say, you know what, we didn't play our best game of the season or the best oh, game yeah, that we uh, could have. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but just like you said, like when, when you look back at this game, it's, it's really like what most people thought going into a game like this. It's, it's a, a first game after being off for so long, you, you're expecting some mistakes, but now is the time for you to say, okay, the rust is knocked off. Now everything's serious and everything's for real. Yeah. Like you have to get back in it. Um, you have to roll. Uh, you have to be able to look at that tape, say, oh, wh- why are we, why did we fumble the ball this number of times? Uh, why, why did we not uh, have successful, uh, conversions on these short plays or uh why was why were they able to have so many conversions on their short plays and like these little little things that are just gonna these guys are gonna be able to drill into over tape for these next two weeks with the bye week coming up and for the chuck south game i'm i'm probably seeing these guys coming out grilled ready to play just eye on playing that oh so perfect game that's so loose for the Kennesaw State Owls and offensively you know you put up 35 points but I even think back to the first play of the game Tommy Bryant had Shaq Terry wide open on a wheel route the timer's not quite there in his head of how much time do I have where is the defense as they come down on me he decides to hold the ball instead of throw it he he was looking to push the ball down the field but he ends up eating the ball gets a moderate gain, but those are the opportunities to have big chunk plays that go by the wayside. Exactly, man. So that's, that's exactly what this game is exactly for. Just for, for those small opportunities, those little things that, okay, yeah, we got a big play here, but what if those, what if plays, like we're going to be able to turn on that tape. He's going to say, if I were taking one more second, set my feet, could have hit Shaq. Could have hit Shaq for a deep, probably what was would, would have probably been a touchdown. Yeah, there on the outside. First play, first touchdown. <laughs> like that's that's what you want to see. And then uh, especially like Tommy, he had he still had a great game. Uh, he got in the end zone a few times. Um, he had made some good reads, but just he'll be able to go into watch the tape and just be able to just okay, should have done this, should have done this. My mistake here. And Jonathan Murphy got quality snaps under center, and it's all about his growth also. And I think you know the offensive staff has been to the point where we want two quarterbacks ready to go at any given time. And, you know, Murph got thrown in there late. He was QB three 
you know, to start last season, he got thrown in there in crunch time and performed really well. But these are the snaps that are most important to him getting in on these games, getting in on that third drive and running the offense and not feeling the pressure of, hey, this is necessarily a must convert drive. Just being able to run the offense and just let the game come to him. Yeah, um, getting just for a quarterback that's in that position, like literally coming off last season where we had two of the starting quarterbacks go down and someone had to go in there. I'm sure the coaches are definitely, they want to have someone to get in there, get some more reps. That's much more comfortable with the offense going forward and just being able to just hop in there at any given moment, not just, Oh, uh, somebody's hurt or somebody's down, but someone that's can just go in, take some snaps, get a few yards, maybe some score and just get out. Hey, that's all we need sometimes. And the coaches won't phrase it to him in a nice way, just because <laughs> that that's just how it is. Putting the ball on the ground a couple of times are part of the learning process. So those are actually good things. They didn't ultimately hurt you in the, in the grand scheme of things, because it was a game that you were able to control, not from the outset, but for the vast majority of the game. So putting the ball on the ground gives you those learning opportunities. I think that's also a big thing for for Murph too, is that he ha- now has those benchmarks and those opportunities where it may not have been comfortable getting called down film. You know, when they're playing that playback three, four, five times, hitting reverse on that play sport machine, but you're able to actually see from that all 22 angle of, okay, this is what I was doing wrong. And then it becomes more of a muscle memory. Oh, yeah. So getting in there and seeing seeing what happened and what caused the ball to come out, that's like, that's, like, that's a mortal sin on offense, putting the ball on the ground for us. So um, just for him to be able to just get in there, uh, see what happened, why it happened, he's going to help him focus on ball, uh, ball security, uh, making sure he knows what's going, what's around him when he's trying to make those plays upfield, just doing everything to make sure he keeps the ball in, uh, in our possession. And Kyle Glover, I, I think he had one of the most standout games. Only got in the end zone one time, but there was a drive. They just kept feeding him. And Preston Daniels to that that factor, too. When you get that position going and rolling, it makes the offense just flow so much easier. When, when we can get the two-back flowing, that, that's one of the biggest things for offense. You can ask uh, Coach Chestnut that. I'm sure he'd, he'd say that. If, if you have given the opportunity, but um, getting the two back going is one of the biggest things for us, because if we can get him rolling, that's just going to help open up the outside. And who knows if we get him rolling enough, you may not even need to open up the outside because look at gloves day. He went, he had about 17 carries, I believe 87 yards. Like the, the, the number of touchdowns may not show it, but he had a big time game. And, and you, oh, men- yeah. oh, you mentioned sorry. how it opens up the, the area. If you need to around the sides and Isaac Foster was able to give you some very explosive plays out there also. Oh, yeah. Isaac had a big time game coming back, especially after coming off the injury last season. His first show, and I'm sure you want to knock off, just see how everything was going to play out. I know he had uh, five returns, about 62 yards, and I think he had another uh, four or five rushes for about the same, I believe. And uh, I'm I'm sure the uh, coaches are so excited about getting him back into the offense and just seeing what he's going to be able to do for going out. And most importantly, as Coach Bohannon made it clear leading into the game, We have to manage not just for six games in the spring, but for the fall also. We want to keep guys as fresh as possible, especially the upperclassmen. Keep those guys fresh. And Shaq Terry, he didn't have to play a lot, but he was able to catch a 27-yard pass, able to return a couple of kicks there. And then most importantly, you got him out of the game and you were able to keep him healthy, keep all of his freshest runs in him for a Charleston Southern game. Oh, yeah, that's, that's going to be one of the biggest things going into this season because, yeah, the coaches are looking towards these next uh, five games and the playoffs going out for the spring, but they really have to keep 
close to the front of their mind that they have to play another season, right? Coming right back in the fall. So yeah, you want to, you want to you get your best guys on the field, but at the same time, you're going to want to, you're going to see them trying to roll in more and more guys getting fresh legs in, just being able to play with the best people they can at any given time. So I want to get some grades from you of the offense, the defense and the game as a whole. So offensively, whether it's, you know, what stood out to you that gives you the overall grade. Um, Really, I'm just going to say it was uh, the ball on the ground because that's, that's a really big thing for the option offense. Uh, any Anytime you put the ball on the ground more than two times, it's the odds of you winning the game are not not very likely. We were very lucky that we were able to uh, pull the game out and uh, perform the way we did going out, but still just having the ball on the ground that much, I'd say I'd probably give like the offense a B, even though with the overall performance. Okay, defensively, you had guys like Kareem Taylor. Bryson Armstrong had a great game, relatively quiet game, and that's kind of Bryson's MO. He's able to be up there in tackles and influence the game, but you just look at the end and the stats and go, wow, we said his name a couple of times, but I didn't really think he had six, seven, eight tackles in a game. So defensively, only conceding three points, and that three points came on the first drive. How do you grade them out? Uh, definitely. After those first two drives, uh, the defense was – I wouldn't say they were looking a little shaky, but they're just looking a little, uh, let's say, uh, timidus, timidus, I say. Mm-hmm. But um, literally, after those first couple drives, they knocked the rust off. They eyed the target. They said, all right, let's go get these boys. And I, I'd say overall, after after everything I saw, uh, Kareem Taylor, Peyton Moore, uh, getting four turnovers. I'd say the, off, uh, the defense had probably a A rating for this game. Okay, we have a B and an A. So the overall rating, it doesn't have to necessarily be a combination of both of them. Take the other factors into it. You were playing, not knocking shorter. They are a Division II school, but playing the opponent and how the team played as a whole, how do you grade out the Kennesaw State Owls performance this past Saturday? Uh, I'd say it's an A overall because there was some really good stuff you got to see from the special team side of it. Uh, defense had a great game. Uh, yeah, the offense was a little slow, but they still performed at their high level. So I'd really say it was probably an A performance overall for everybody. Let's hop around. There are a lot of interesting things. We were all focused on the Owls game, but I started to get a couple of notifications on my phone, hopped on Twitter, and ultimately had to pull up a couple of other games just to kind of keep, you know, Nolan and Barclay in tabs of what was going on, North Dakota State actually loses to Southern Illinois on the road. Now James Madison is your new number one. We're going to touch on the rankings a little bit later, but North Dakota State falls, South Dakota State falls, Illinois State falls, Furman falls, Wofford falls. This is a crazy start to the spring season. Oh, just like you said, did all those teams going down? Wow, what a start! Especially the North Dakota State game, them dropping the thirty-eight fourteen game to Southern Illinois. That 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 would just had my jaw dropping on Saturday. Um, and then then a big nail biter with VMI and Furman. I actually got to cut catch the back end of that game. Um, and then uh, who else do we have? I think North Dakota took down South Dakota. Yeah, Isn't that right. Yeah, oh, North yeah, Dakota that- did take down South Dakota. The, uh, see, just seeing all these games now things are starting up for the spring it's just just going to be amazing to see like how things are going to play out for everybody and just like seeing f- what's the ranking going to look like not this week but next week and just how are those teams going to be able to come back from this and how are things going to be able to open up for the owls and that's the thing that kind of had me a little perplexed the owls came into the week came into the first game against shorter ranked eighth they won they gave the output you expected them to give. Now, was it a 52 to three thrashing? No, but it's their first game after a 400 plus day layoff and they fall to nine. And then you have teams like 
North Dakota State falling just a little bit. You have other teams that are jumping up. North Dakota made a huge jump. I get it. They had a huge win over South Dakota State, but the rankings just leave me a little bit perplexed that they're buying into the Missouri Valley Conference, I feel, a little too much. And that's, it's always been like that. The Missouri Valley conference has always been such high regards to the people that make these rankings and help uh, make these decisions for the playoffs that uh, it's it's a lot harder for like one of the, from a team from a smaller conference, like the big South to get in those higher rating rankings without playing top five opponents on a weekly basis. And like one of those things. I remember being on that trip to Missouri state in 2019, going in there, reading Twitter. They were talking about the things that they were saying about the Missouri Valley conference. The worst team in the Missouri Valley is still better than the best big South team. And Missouri state got drugged that whole game. (laughs) It wasn't close. I remember Isaac Foster on a breakaway Bronson Rex signer ran through the end zone up the hill in the back (laughs) of their end zone. And it was over by halftime and it just it just really leaves me wondering what what does a Kennesaw State have to do to finally earn the respect of the people who vote in these ultimately meaningless polls? Because the FCS stats poll, it is a great point of reference. It does not determine who makes the playoffs, who gets to buy. They do have a committee for that, but it, it just leaves me wondering week in, week out. It just just like you said, just it, it, our our national brand, it, it's been it's slowly been growing. I want to, we always say our, our, we stamped our name on, on the nation after our big win against Montana state. And, um, since then, like, that's really what we, we have to do to continue what we have to continue to do. Just keep the Kennesaw state name growing and for us to start, uh, allowing for more people to give us that recognition, because as far as most people are concerned, oh, we're still the small school from Georgia. That's just still in the startup, even though. And we're, we're not just that little startup. We've had some deep runs in the playoffs. We've had pretty good seasons, I feel like, going out. And just like, it's just going to take us continuing to do that over time, just showing them that this, hey, this is not a one-time thing. It's not just a small school. It's just we're, we're continuing to build and build and build. Kennesaw State, first two games against FBS opponents, they held leads in the fourth quarter. How many other programs look back through? I implore whoever's listening, look back through history and find an FCS opponent's first two games against FBS opponents where they led in the fourth quarter of the games. I, I, I'm with you. That respect has got to come at some point on a national level. And with this jumble after week one, I think Kennesaw State is in a very good opportunity to make some noise and force a lot of people to look at Kennesaw State and go, you know what? We find every reason to discount them. We can't anymore. That, hey, that's that's exactly what you love to hear because literally, so with all of these teams, like these big big name teams really getting knocked off. Well, I'm not going to say knocked off. Uh, losing games in week one, it's going to have to, now people are going to have to start looking at, okay, who are the teams that, are, that, haven't, that haven't lost, so to speak, so yet. So now going forward, it's like, okay, hey, they're playing these opponents, yes, but still, your record says everything. If there's a zero at the end of that record, that means everything. Absolutely. And I think Kennesaw State, they're going to take this bye week, get better. And, you know, Coach has said many times before, and I think you've touched on, you make leaps week one to week two, game one to game two. This is a Kennesaw State team that has areas to get better in, and they look to get better against a Charleston Southern team. So I know we, we will get together next week to have our actual preview against Charleston Southern, but heading into this bye weekend, what do you think the biggest point of emphasis for Kennesaw State will be? 
I think this week they're going to focus heavily on the the run game. Just just keeping keeping things on the clock, like and going in motion, constant motion, and just make sure keeping the ball off the ground and just getting everything rolling and in sync. I think that's going to be a really big emphasis. And from a defensive perspective, I believe that they're just going to keep doing what they're doing and just just try to do everything they can to keep their best players on the field because that's the best thing for them. Brandon Sutton, two Brandons on the ball. We'll be back next week inside the nest with more insight to the Owls football program. Thank you, brother. Hey, thanks, man. Always good to see you. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. We'd like to take this time to thank our proud partner, Coca-Cola, for being the beverage choice of KSU Athletics events. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. As we move ahead on Inside the Nest, it's the Big South Blitz with Jordan Griffin. We are officially in week two of the Big South Blitz. A very interesting first week. You have a lot of teams playing. A lot of FCS billboard teams that got knocked off. So we're kind of going to get into some of that because only a couple of Big South teams ended up playing in week one. But let's just get right into it. So first, talking about the Big South, looking at Kennesaw State. Don't want to get too much into it, but they have a massive win against Shorter. No one's got that covered for you guys. But I want to focus on some of the other teams. You're looking at the Big South standings. Of course, Campbell and North Alabama are going to be at last because they're both 0-4. But again, that was in the fall. So... If you guys are looking at the Big South standings, it can be kind of deceiving. Campbell and North Alabama take them out here in the spring. Gardner-Webb, a fascinating ball game against Elon. Elon was ranked number 24 in the entire nation. And Gardner-Webb beats them 42-20. to Looking at the box score, what a tale of two has for Gardner-Webb. They go into the locker room down 20-7. to Elon scored 17 points in the first quarter. Then in the second quarter, Gardner-Webb goes 21 in the third, 14 in the fourth, and Elon does not score in the third or fourth with a final score, once again, of 42 to 20. Fascinating. I mean, that is a tale of two halves, if you could even imagine. And looking, Aiken Carlton, their quarterback, 21 to 30, 167, and threw three picks. And they still ended up winning by 22. That is, I, I think that makes the win even more so, even more incredible, even more difficult. They also went and rushed for 219 yards. Nari Gather had 119 on his own along with two tubs. So this is a team that had an offensive explosion there in the second half. So maybe this is going to be a reoccurring theme, especially because they did this against a top-ranked AP poll opponent. And now looking at Robert Morris, this is also... A tale of two halves, but not in favor of Robert Morris. They come right out of the gates. James Madison got a safety. Uh, they got a safety on Robert Morris. So it was a 3-2 ball game after the first. Robert Morris hung in there 13 points in the second, allowing 14 with James Madison. So it was a pretty tightly contested ball game. But then James Madison, who, by the way, is the second-ranked team in the entire nation, went ahead and scored 20 unanswered points in the second half, holding Robert Morris to zero from that spot so Robert Morris really struggled in the second half kind of the opposite of what happened to Gardner Webb but it pretty incredible also Cole Johnson same thing with Gardner Webb Cole Johnson threw three interceptions for JMU and they still ended up winning by 20 points so 
some pretty impressive wins, especially given the adversity that these teams had to overcome. James Madison, everyone expected James Madison to win that game by a hefty amount, but throwing three picks and still winning by 20, that to me still, like I said earlier, that's a big win to me, especially for the number two team in the nation. Now, I know it's out of my jurisdiction a little bit here, but I want to talk about some of the top teams getting knocked off in the FCS. We were talking about this on the broadcast on Saturday, keeping up with the scoreboard, and it was a crazy weekend, especially, you know, spring football, everything's different. You have some players that didn't come back, some NFL guys that are probably going to leave because they've already somewhat played in the fall, like North Dakota State. Trey Lance, not there. They play in the spring. North Dakota State just gets pretty much smacked by Southern Illinois. And that came out of nowhere. Southern Illinois was not a top-ranked team. And North Dakota State lost by, it was it was going to be a 20-plus point loss, but they ended up scoring a garbage-time touchdown at the end to kind of seal a little bit of their fate. But North Dakota State now sitting at 2-1. and one. We'll see what the rankings are going to be. I don't have them quite yet, but this is just a Monday morning recording. Um, South Dakota State, they got knocked off as well by North Dakota. This is the third-ranked team in the nation. James Madison, they end up winning by 20, but we were talking about them on upset alert early on in the day. And then Illinois State, 0-1 on the year as well, number seven, right underneath Kennesaw State. So you have three of the top seven teams who took a loss on the week one, or I mean, technically not week one of spring, but for Kennesaw State, it was week one. North Dakota State was week three, and for South Dakota State as well, week three. So we'll see what the AP polls are going to be, or what the polls are going to be, but it looks like North Dakota State is not as strong as they were last year, but still, just a powerhouse program in general. And the second show is down. Thank you for listening. I am Jordan Griffith with the Big South Blitz. We are just underway again, going into week three now for a lot of teams, week two for Kennesaw State. Things are only going to get more interesting from here on out. Conference play is going to be starting here soon. So keep an ear to the ground, keep an eye out, and we will see how this season plays out here in the spring. Here's the Wellstar Wellness Tip of the Podcast. Be mindful of your mental health. Each day, try to devote at least 15 minutes to stress reduction through exercise or meditation. Taking time for you can help boost your spirits and keep you feeling positive all season long. For more mental health tips, visit wellstar.org. We now go back to Brandon Joseph, who visits with linebacker Kareem Taylor after his career day against his former school shorter on Inside the Nest. Brandon Joseph inside the nest with Owls linebacker Kareem Taylor. And Kareem, first off, how did it feel to be back on the field after, what was it, 484 some odd days between games? Man, it just felt good just to be back out there, man. Having fun with my brothers, just flying around and playing Kansas State football. You were flying around two fumble recoveries. Were there any extra, I don't want to say nerves, but excitement knowing that that layoff had been so long, like you guys in the locker room before the game, you had to rein yourself in any bit? Uh, most definitely. I mean, it was definitely excitement, you know, kind of building up into the week, you know, of game week. There's always just that excitement. But, you know, this specific time, you know, with everything we went through, you know, it kind of made that, you know, that excitement, you know, took it up a couple more notches. So, I mean, it was it just definitely felt good just to be back out there, man, playing football, playing a game I love with my brother. 
So Barkley Miller, our color analyst for the football game, his one of the keys of the game was for Shorter to come out and keep the ball away from Kennesaw State, almost like what Kennesaw State's offense does. First drive of the game, the first quarter, I think they held the ball for 12 minutes. What were you guys' mindset in that first quarter? They they had a little bit of an extended drive, but they only got three points out of it. Did you feel like it was a successful first drive? Uh, I mean, some people may look at it as successful, but you know, here we have a standard of how we play defense and you know, it definitely wasn't, you know, our standard and our brand of football, you know, on that side of the ball. You know what I mean? We felt like we were kind of timid, you know, not really attacking. You know, we didn't come out setting the tone. You know, they definitely came out with a lot of energy, you know. And, you know, congrats to them, you know what I mean, with, you know, coming out and setting the tone like that because that's huge, you know what I mean? The first drive of the game is always kind of the most important drive of the game, you know what I'm saying? So congrats to them coming out, but no, I'm definitely not our standard. And then I think it was drive three through 11 of theirs off offensively. You guys held them to negative yardage, a net total from drives three to 11. So you guys really were able to find that gear, that Kennesaw State standard. What was that turning point? Was there one or just the game kind of came to you guys? Yeah, I think we kind of got settled in, you know, a little bit. You know, guys kind of got the jitters out, you know, not playing, you know, kind of over a year. So, I mean, I think we just settled in, you know, and started getting back to our brand of football, you know. So the interesting thing is they had their starting quarterback, Aeneas Dennis. You guys prepare for him all week. First drive of the game. You guys knock him out of the game. Then you see a backup, Harold Cook, for the rest of the game. Is there any type of change when you guys go in there and you all of a sudden get the backup quarterback, or is it just one of those things that whoever is under center, we may have prepared for one guy, but we're prepared for everything? Yeah, most definitely, because, you know, we know that's kind of going to be, you know, kind of the highlight of this year. You know, you're not going to really know who you're going to get. You know what I mean? Players could be down, you know, the next day, you know what I'm saying, when they're on the active roster. But, you know, we just kind of try to come in and just, you know, focus on, you know, just the job at hand, you know what I mean? Execute the game plan on defense, you know, no matter who they had at quarterback, you know. And that guy, you know, who came in after him, you know, he did a pretty good job of, you know, kind of, you know, moving the ball, you know, getting their plays, getting the ball out, you know, a couple RPOs. And he did a great job of just, you know, facilitating everything, you know. So, like I said, congratulations and, you know, good job to them. Kudos to them. You guys fly around the field, and I think that's embodied by first-year defensive coordinator Danny Verpale. He is just a race car in the red sometimes yeah. on the sideline. How how has it been working with him taking over the defensive coordinator role? Does his energy, it can't help but rub yeah. off, but does yeah. it rub off on you guys? Oh, most definitely, man. We, we all love Coach V. You know, he does a great job. You know, he's been doing a great job, you know, with, you know, everything so – not the traditional way, you know, it has been this past year of doing things. You know, he's done a great job, man, just keeping us focused on, you know, it's about us, you know, take care of us, take care of our guys, take care of the people in your room, take care of, you know, the people on that side of the ball, your your brothers, you know what I mean? But that energy he has, man, that definitely rubs off on us. You can't help if you're having a bad day, you know what I'm saying? You go around him, he, you know, he's definitely going to, you know, bring that energy. He's going to say something probably off the wall, but it's going to get you laughing, get you going. You know, we kind of feed off that. We need that, and we really appreciate him for that. You're a former shorter hawk. Was there any special moment that you had just stepping on the field knowing that that was your first collegiate opportunity to the current one that you have with Kennesaw? Just not from an all-in-the-spirit perspective, but just, you know, life in general. That was your beginning, and this is your current. Yeah, I mean, it kind of hit me during the coin toss when, you know, I got to go – you know, my brother stepped up on the other side also, um, Nehemiah, um, Nemo, we call him Nemo, um, but he stepped up, you know, across from me and just looking at him in that jersey and seeing him just like, man, like, it's kind of crazy, but it's kind of surreal moment, you know, that moment, I think I kind of, you know, soaked it in a little bit before, you know, kind of hit me before, the, you know, we kicked off and flipped the coin, but 
you know, after that, it was pretty much business. Now, you're the home team, so you don't have that toughest choice of the game of heads or tails. But yeah. when the call goes your way, are you, do you already know going oh. out there, it's defer 99.9% oh, yeah. of the time it's defer Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Coach had already let me know what, the, you know, the plan was. But, you know, I had already had a plan in my mind, so – I was like, man, defense got to be out there first. You know, I was kind of just ready to get back out there and fly around, man. That was going to be my next question. As a defensive guy, you like being on the field first. You like setting the oh, tone. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. You got to set the tone. You know, we're, you know, defense wins championships. You know what I mean? And, you know, here, that's what we, we, we kind of big on around here is, you know, winning championships, you know, and playing, you know, up to the gold standard. And, um, you know, just, just from a standpoint of, you know, our guys and our team, you know what I mean? They want to be out there first, you know what I mean? That's the type of guys we have in this team. You know, we like to attack and be aggressive. I take a look at that defense and just that linebacking core. You guys are some of my most fun, you know, times calling these games and being part of these broadcasts is watching you guys in that linebacker core. Just take me in that linebacker room. It just seems like it is a ball of fun and you're challenging each other in good ways to step up and see who can be most dominant day in, day out. Yes, it, it's definitely a challenge even each and every day. It's a grind, man. Of you know, we have you know great depth, you know, all around, all around you know, any position room, honestly. But you know, just specifically that linebacker core, you know, we kind of let I kind of let those guys know, you know, like this, there's just been a standard set before us, you know, with Anthony Gore, Izzy. There's been guys before that have set a standard, you know, that we have to play up to, you know, this room, this team asks a lot out of this room, you know what I mean? So. I mean, those guys do a great job, man. Chance, Chance Bates does a great job. You know, he's he's kind of that 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 piece that you know kind of gets kind of lost in the shadow, you know, because of other things. But man, he does all the dirty work. I tell him all the time, four one is nothing without four nine. I tell him that all the time. You know, he kind of does all the dirty work. He just does a great job of just being that natural leader for us. And you guys, as the linebacking core, you guys have to do a lot of the work to allow, let's say, the front to get the sacks, exactly. the, the coverage guys, the DBs, to get the sacks when they come up. And you guys also have to defend not just sideline to sideline, but yes. your line of scrimmage to goal line. Yes. I mean, again, that's just a standard here, man. That's what they ask of us. You know what I mean? They're going to put whoever in, whoever can get the job done that week, honestly. you know. But, I mean, we wouldn't want it any other way, honestly. You know, we like that challenge. We like that, you know, we kind of, you know, that piece in the defense that's very important to, you know, execute the game plan. A couple of things, you know, on the football field, but away from the game, who's the fastest guy in that linebacker room? Uh, we kind of go, we go at it. We go at it a lot, man. Even when the conditioning drills, you know, kind of when we out there on the field, we kind of get a race going. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Chance, I'm telling you, a lot of guys don't know about Chance is a fast guy, man. I, I probably would even have to give it a chance just because he has, that chance has excellent knee drive. He has excellent knee drive. He can definitely probably pull away from you. Who hits the hardest? I'm, I'm always have to say me. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm always have to go with me on that one. But that's just me. I'm kind of biased on that one, though. Okay. Um, as a whole, on the whole defense, who's the fastest? So we can throw DBs uh, in there now, too. Uh, can Chance okay, hold his DBs. own against DBs? Chance can actually hold his own against DBs. I'm telling you, Chance is fast, man. Chance is very okay. fast. And then when I'll it comes probably has, when it comes to team I'll, hitting the hardest, who hits the hardest out of the whole team? So I want the fastest guy on the defense and who hits the hardest. Okay, fastest guy on the defense. I probably would have to say I probably would have to say Sola. Out of Sola. I probably would have to go with Sola, fastest guy on defense, just pure speed. But 
who is the hardest. Again, I'm biased. I'm going to say me. I have to say me. I just have to say me. I'm sorry. That's awesome. Well, we look forward to you guys enjoying this off week and then getting into Charleston Southern. You know, what have you seen of Charleston Southern team that you guys play every year? But, you know, the layoff changes everything. You talked about that a little bit earlier. So as you guys start your installation for Charleston Southern, what do you guys have seen from them? Uh, we we seen that you know they're they're they they definitely have a you know a new standard about how they're going about their business this year. You know, what I mean, when we turn the film on, um, we definitely know that it, you know they're going to try to highlight you know take advantage of things that you know they probably did last year, and they know that they're probably watching the, our game from last week to try to you know see what they did well and probably take some of those things you know in, into consideration how they're going to call the game. But I mean, overall, like I said before, you know, it's it's about us. You know, it doesn't really matter who we play, you know, in the sense of, you know, with all due respect, but, you know, it's about us, you know. Coach always says, you know, only us, we can hurt each other, you know what I mean? Our mistakes, which you saw on Saturday, some of our mistakes, you know what I'm saying, can cause us to hurt ourselves. So, I mean, I mean I'm not really sure, but, you know, what their game plan is going to be, but I know that, you know, regardless of what they're doing, you know, we're, we're still going to play with, you know, a limited eat and, you know, run to the ball, you know, play our stand, play to our brand and, uh, you know, our standards. Well, two fumble recoveries, eight tackles against Shorter. You earned your off week. Enjoy, Kareem Taylor, and good luck against Charleston Southern and moving forward. Appreciate you, man. Holy hand-rolled tortillas. Does Chewy's know Tex-Mex or what? We're making our fresh tortillas all day long. Perfect for wrapping up Chewy's famous Chicka Chicka Boom Boom enchiladas. Stuffed with house-roasted chicken, smothered in spicy, cheesy Boom Boom sauce. Better have a handshaken fresh limerita handy. Just saying. So gather up your friends because you can dine in at Chewy's or get it to go. We even have meal kits available for pickup or delivery at order.chewy's.com. Locations in Kennesaw and Perimeter. Find us at Chewies.com. See y'all at Chewies. Get your favorite KSU apparel, name brand items, gifts, and more at the KSU Bookstore. Whether you're looking for an Adidas jersey, KSU sweatshirt, or a new hat, they've got you covered. Shop their in-stadium store on game days. Visit them in the Student Center or shop online today. Visit the KSU Bookstore online at ksustore.kennesaw.edu. We wrap up this episode of Inside the Nest with defensive coordinator Danny Verpale. Here's my chat with Danny on Inside the Nest. Coach Verpale joins us, and Coach, you had a pretty long layoff from being named defensive coordinator to when you were finally able to get up with the Owls, call defensive plays, and see the black and gold strap up and take on another opponent. How long did it take it to kind of dawn on you that Wow, we're actually finally doing this. This isn't a scrimmage anymore. This is a real football game. Well, it all started uh, about two weeks prior to the game. Started getting those butterflies again, and then getting back into a game plan and all that. So, uh, and then game week again. It was uh, back to the normal type, trying to get into a routine. And uh, it's been a while, so a little, a little rusty all the way around. Just scripting cards, everything. We haven't drawn a card in so long, so. <laughs> Hey, what color do we use again? So it was, um, you know, that, that week moving up to there's a lot of anticipation, but it was nice. What all goes into drawing a card? And for those that are not familiar with that term, what does that mean? Well, so uh, obviously we got to draw the offensive plays um, for practice for the scout team to execute them. And it's, you know, it's color coordinated, it's number coordinated, it's, uh, it's a whole, it's a whole ordeal here. We got a, we actually got a system here. Coach Klein has made a, uh, him and Coach Zachary made a system of each colors for players and who's doing what. We have a numbering system, and it's uh, 
try, try to be efficient. So when those guys come and are dead tired, they can look at a card and, and you're trying to execute the other team's offense. Hmm. And uh, so we, uh, we break it up and split it up and do that. And it's a, uh, we do it the old school way. I'm sure there's probably, you know, one day we'll get a computer that can do it all, but we, we, uh, we get the Sharpies and go to work. So. Nice. Well, I think what was most impressive about Saturday's performance was how the defense made, uh, it seemed to be an adjustment after the first drive for shorter Hawks went down the field, kicked a field goal. And then that was it offensively. What schematic adjustments or personnel or anything of the like did your defense make after that opening drive? Um, you know, we knew going into it, they were going to be doing some different things and, and we would have to adjust on the fly and coach Bohannon always hammers on that, how you handle adversity and, and they executed well and, and we didn't. And, um, just seeing what they were doing, um, as far as personnel and formations, um, were, were a little bit different. And, and so we had to get settled down and, um, you know, really just get adjusted because that, that 13 play drive is no fun. I can tell you that. I was like, hey, this is what this is what I wanted. I wanted a three and out, guys. And <laughs> um, you know, we, we had some bust and we did some some self-inflicted wounds that, that hurt us. And then uh got everyone over the sideline and talked about some things and, and got some things, you know, organized. So by the second quarter, we kind of felt we, we had a good idea of what they were doing. We were kind of going in, we thought they were gonna do a couple of things, but we didn't know. We knew we we're gonna have to be able to adjust on the fly. How impressed were you that Kennesaw State set a program record with six sacks in a game that going in, arguably defensive line was probably the position group you were the leanest at as far as bodies go? Man, that's awesome for those guys. I had no clue, uh, to be honest with you. I saw something last night on uh, Instagram, and David was telling me, because um, we, were, we were locked in grading and getting everything. So um, that that's awesome for those guys, you know. To break a record, that whenever you can do that, that's a cool deal. Um, mm -hmm. I actually had no clue. Uh, I get lost kind of in the game in the moment, and uh, we're, we try to be nitpicky and we're hard and we're great and we're looking at the things we didn't do right. And uh, but, but it's a it's a it's a neat deal, especially for the D line getting after it. You know, credit those guys. It seemed like there were two players that had a big impact in the game. It didn't necessarily lead the team in stats. And for me, I think that was Peyton Moore from his defensive in spot and Markeith Montgomery at cornerback. Can you discuss a little bit about those two and what you saw on the game Saturday and then watching film on the two? Yeah, you know, um, I thought Peyton Moore, when you watch the film, he, he was flying around, he was playing hard. And um, sometimes, you know, as a fan or in the stat book, those guys don't show up. But I, I thought, um, you know, I, I liked his demeanor and his attitude. And then as well as Markeith, you know, uh, he, he had some corner blitzes and playing the coverages he was playing. He was taking care of his guys. So th those guys did a good job. And, um, you know, sometimes you don't know because, like I said, they're not in the stat book. But if they're doing their job and they're not catching the ball, that's that's a good thing. And But I was very – I was pleased and I was happy. Now, of course, there's still a lot of things, you know, that, that you don't see or that you uh, – until you watch a film, like, oh, that's not good. Uh, but, hey – we got to focus on just going hard all the time, but um, so we, we do have to clean some things up, but those guys did, you know, they, you put that film on, they are playing hard. One guy that did lead the stats in seemingly every category was Kareem Taylor. He had a career high, two fumble recoveries on that 17 yard return. Was there a moment where you thought he's going to take it back to the house? Uh, I was hoping so. And I, I saw him switch. <laughs> It was kind of – I saw him switch hands like he was playing running back, and then I thought some – you know, our guys were watching, 
guys got to go Southern wall and go block for him so they can escort him in the end zone. So I, I was hoping he got the touchdown there. Uh, we got to focus on that. We I, obviously we got to practice it. You know, we got to we get the ball in our hands. We got to score. That's the mentality we want to have. And, but uh, I, I was happy for him. Um, you know, he came. Usually, you get the the fumble recovery. You go up that sideline. He he ran about seventy yards to get twenty. You know, so I know his legs were shot. <laughs> you could see it at the end. I was like, yep, he's he's done. Your team, that was uh, one of the main times where I think that was one of the series where it was back-to-back uh, -back fumbles. And one thing that I know defensive coordinators, no matter what level they pride themselves, can a defense hold after a sudden change? And even though we had three turnovers in offense, that resulted in zero points for shorter. Did that give you some more confidence in your defense, kind of looking at what they're able to do after a quick turnaround and keep shorter out of the end zone? Well, it was good that they, they handled adversity and they just went back out there and, hey, you just put the ball down and you got to play. And so, so that was good to see because uh, and earlier in the mock scrimmage, we had a situation like that and, and we didn't execute. Um, and the team was able to in a scrimmage. So it, it was good to see that something to build off of and, you know, just always being alert on the sideline when something happens, knowing the situation of where they're at in the field, I think uh, – some things you can talk about, but until they happen, you know, live, it's um, it's it's hard to explain. But I was I was happy that that nothing did come from that because usually they take a shot and go for it, and so mm -hmm. I think our guys understood that and were, were anticipating that as well. Now we enter a bye week, so we go 450 days without football, get a football game, and now a chance to regroup. How do you and the defensive staff want to use this bye week to our advantage? We have so much to improve on, um, over just generally overall playing hard to the standard, the, the gold standard of Kennesaw State. That's got to be our main focus. Um, then schematic stuff will get cleaned up, and we'll we'll continue to to build and, and do things there. But our main focus has to be on the fundamentals and the mentality and the attitude. You know, we did some good things. We got some turnovers, but we're always you know our goals and expectations. Half are up here, and until we get to that level, and we got to prepare that way. So it's all going to start with practice today and meetings today, and we got to crank it up another notch because we're going into conference play, and it's a different level. And it's great to get the cobwebs. I was rusty. I got some MAs too. You know, I'm I'm going to have to do some up downs today as well. <laughs> oh, you know, we we got to dust it off, and uh, you know the guys are probably a little bit sore because they haven't you know actually went out there and you get a 13 play drive. You weren't expecting that, so. Uh, it's a it's a blessing that, that we have a chance to come recruit and get after it and then focus on the main thing. Let's keep the main thing the main thing, you know. I feel you, Coach. I'm a little rusty there too, but I will not be joining you and the team for Uptown. Sorry about that. I, I need it, man. I need it. So it's okay. <laughs> I got a little extra weight here. So, <laughs> Well, Coach, congratulations on your first game as a defensive coordinator for the Owls, a 35-3 victory over Shorter. Best of luck in the bye week, and we look forward to seeing you and KSU back on the field Saturday, March 13th against Charleston Southern. All right, Nolan. Thank you so much, man. You have a good one. Great talking with you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Inside the Nest. We're looking forward to having you back at Fifth Third Bank Stadium next Saturday, March 13th, when Kennesaw State begins Big South play against Charleston Southern. This episode of Inside the Nest, as always, is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank, the official bank of Kennesaw State Athletics. This is fandom of Fifth Third Better. Visit 53.com for more information. I'm Nolan Alexander, and until next week, go Owls.